now. About to witness the awesome, a crushing a might. The U G S Robinson Show Stop oh, Dizzy. Welcome, my friends. To a show that seemingly never kind of sort of ends until it does. This is the four, two, the UGS Robinson Showstopper. How much sad can you take? Yeah, 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 oy, oy, oy. I hadn't intended to do any of this on MMA. Ugh, I look like Tyrone Diggum. Let's get from training. Face a little ashen. We'll get to it, all of it soon. But first, Bob Riley, Stigmata. From the record, Calling of the Just. Song is called Intro. All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, the city where they hit your car with a hammer. Bob Riley, the singer upstate New York, says the word that sum it all. The week hasn't even started, and I've thought it several times. Listen well. Listen. Well, I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. Or being paid back and for always nothing. All right, all right, all right, all right, my friends. My friends, that dude's dead now, so I could probably take ownership. Very few of you remember that my friends was a, was a, a vocal t uh, tick of uh, the late departed John McCain. And I'm not one of these guys who's li liable to say just because somebody's dead, I'm going to give somebody a fair shake. I'm going to forget about, I'm sorry, I'm about to plug this in for those on the radio, the headset. I'm going to forget about the shit they did when they were alive. Uh, the guy who foisted no nothingism on upon us by having Sarah Palin as his running mate. You got to leading people to believe that anybody could do the job, really. I'm a pit bull with lipstick, really. Anybody, you don't have to be a lawyer. You just have to be a bad with a dream. I call these w, uh, 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 MWDs, men with dreams. It, it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a superset of, of mansplaining where just everybody thinks they know everything. Uh, hold on. Something is, there we go. Now it's kicked in. It sounds like it's kicked in, and it says it is kicked in. So the headset is kicked in. If there are problems, as usual, those of you who are connected to me on Twitter, the at symbol, Eugene S. Robinson, can communicate if there's something wrong and you can't hear, let me know, please, so I don't end up wasting my fucking time. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please let me say something. Sorry for the ashen appearance. I, I ran for, I didn't run. I, I came from a uh, training in order to do the show early because I got some stuff to do later on, specifically Care Don't Care uh, preview. Um, this week, you'll notice I, I was blacked out uh, a bloody elbow, uh, largely because the schedule changed. There was a death in the family, uh, not mine. I was going to think he didn't want to talk about it because he has not mentioned it publicly, but then he's he's on his Facebook. If you're connected to Kid Nate on Facebook, his mother passed on. <clears throat> so preventing him from doing any of the shows and then the schedule switch because John's schedule and then uh, Alexi. And so this was this was a week without Eugene. We How'd that feel? How'd that feel? It's like a day without sunshine, according to Anita Bryant, famous homophobe. So uh, 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 anyway, I, I digress. Here I am. I'm back again at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. If there's a problem, let me know. It's also the way that you can participate at the half hour mark in the uh, question and answer session where we'll get into some stuff. Uh, maybe by that 30 minutes, I will have gotten around to MMA stuff. Uh, uh, who knows? I don't. And also, that's a way for me if I get to 5,000 by December 31st, uh, it affects 25% of my race. But even more importantly than that, if you're connected to me on Twitter or if you're connected to me on Instagram, that's Mr. Sleep 3, the number three uh, uh, at, uh, on Instagram, you will have seen the, the video, the 21 second video commercial for Ozzy Confidential, the new podcast. That's a, a podcast for the rest of us. If you're sick of those self-satisfied, moth-sounding slash NPR voices, uh, uh, podcasts with voices like macrame, this is a, definitely, it's like this show, except I actually have other people on. Even though the first one will be me interviewing me, the, I got separate ones. I got some uh, Stone Cold Killers, Gulf War Killers in the second one. I got Crack Whores in the third one. It'll actually be a non-standard listen. You should actually listen to it. I think you can get it through Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Uh, and if it works out, we're going to follow. This is the clear-cuttest way for me to come to your town because it'll be. Uh, we'll do a, a, a live local events if it works out, if there's enough people listening. So it'll be available wherever you get your podcast from. We're within days, within days. Check out the commercial if you would, but it's Ozzy Confidential. And there's a big poster at the end with me giving the <laughs> a thumbs up. So, um, but uh, if you're not connected to me through Twitter, you haven't seen the commercial. Those who have in the comments can attest. Maybe I'll load it up in the comments section uh, below if I can figure out the super sophisticated tech aspect to doing so. I, I will do so. But anyway, let's get right to it because we got a lot of stuff to get to. I, I think I've done all the commercials. Oh, yeah, one more. Patreon.com slash The Stomper. Uh, I, like I've made mention at the top of the show, this is a show that never ends eggs, unless it does. You, as long as there's somebody willing to give a nickel to hear the show, I'll keep doing the show. But if there's nobody giving nickels, I don't do the show. So I got better things to do with an hour on Sunday, I'm sure, if nobody wants this. Fine, I'll just sit in the, do in the dark like a dog eating wet cigarettes. Forget about me. But if you want to dedicate a nickel, a 50 cents, a dollar to the show, it's at patreon.com slash the stomper. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to pay to listen to it, but you can pay if you if if you get if you glean some value from it, do it. 
that that is the name of the game because their change is afoot. And uh, we'll go into that more later. But yeah, there was a death in the family. Kid not to his mother passed on. Screwed up the schedule for this week. So this was an absolute uh, no care, don't care with me this week. No uh, if the shoes fit or if I did it with me this week. Uh, some of you, uh, Muchi Mambo specifically, have weighed in. Let me know what you thought of that. Uh, 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 Eugene, this week, it's like a turkey list Thanksgiving, isn't it? I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I wish I could have said I would have watched it, but uh, this was a hell week for me from work and uh, mostly on the kind of shit that's up on Ozzy.com right now. My piece about the guy who thinks you should take LSD as, you, as you're about to die. If you go to Ozzy.com, I think it's the first story up today. And uh, and then, of course, the sex column and all this other shit I wrote about the new guy, new president of Mexico. So, OK, that's enough with the commercials. It's a busy day. Listen, one of the things, you know, I do is the sex column. Right. I take any and all questions, no matter how raw, whatever it is. You got questions. I got answers. You send them in, send them in anonymously. I won't mention your name unless uh, unless, you know, you want me to. Uh, so anonymity guaranteed. Um, but one of one of the so people are always and, and with the weird thing, the weirdest thing about doing this show is that and I'm checking to see if anybody's complaining. The weirdest thing about uh, doing the show. Uh, sorry, not this show, but the sex column is that um, is that people actually start to think I'm a real I'm a real doctor. Uh, I'm a, like a like a like a doctor, like a, like a, like a doctor, <laughs> like a real doctor. Like they'll ask me questions like like really probing personal questions like I got some sort of random insight. But so I end up I end up have being knuckle deep, so to speak, in that which we hold closest to our vest, specifically sex and the sexual. OK, so now you can't Donna Shalala me on my own show, but let's go back a little bit to a few years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where I get hired by by a crazy Russian. I don't say he's crazy. I say anybody who's willing to pay me probably is out of their mind. But, you know, you get value for the dollar. So then it's worthwhile. He uh, so let's not call him crazy. Let's say a Russian Israeli multimillionaire who made $80,000 a day at his height and was always trying to convince me he was just like us because he rode a bike to work. I love this guy, though, because he paid me a bunch to do a, a porn site called SkullGame.com, which is now an equipment apparel site. Those of you who have de- uh, donated stuff to uh, Patreon.com and uh, for the level of you're supposed to get gifts or calls, you got to keep reminding me. Otherwise, I forget. I, I got the, CD, the double CDs around here. Easily mail them. I just forget because I'm old and I'm sitting in the dark eating wet cigarettes. That's what it is. So uh, he gave me a bunch of money to do SkullGame.com, which is a porn review site. Right. And so I've been tuned in to through this and I've been doing sex columns since about 1999. At first, it was Ask Huge, which the comedian stole as a name of his book. I can't remember which comedian. Obviously, some comedian named Eugene something. I don't know. They had a book. Uh, that, and then I went to uh, Mode Magazine, the magazine for plus-size women, if you can believe it. Yes, it was called The Guy Spy Sex Column. Then I did a Jewish newspaper in New York called The New York Blueprint, and it was called Avi Baby. And uh, I've done I've done variations of sex columns all through the years. So I'm, I'm tied in to the secrets that you most want to keep, like Jim Morrison would talk about, uh, your, your deepest, darkest fears. And so an interesting thing came up, right? Uh, I had a bunch of friends and I could only trick people into reviewing porn through the first three or four. There's very few writers that stuck through like to the end. 
You know, it was like a weird kind of LSD marathon. Like you ever see those videos where they give LSD to the soldiers and, and then they have a march uh, formation. And like you have like three categories. Those who are like up in the trees trying to feed the birds. They're, they're out. They're off the program. They're off the fucking island. They're off. They're just out. They're done. You know, they're trying to talk to birds or in the trees. And you get guys who uh, were just standing there, like, you know, waving their hands, kind of lost in thought, like, okay, you know, if it's true that I am, I, I think because the, their thought is justifies existence, they, in a Descartian style, those guys. And then you have the third category of guy, which is what I was in that, in that condition, who was doing the drill, sort of just to prove that I could do it and still have my head full of magic. Right. And this guy is doing the routine, which is under normal circumstances. That's what you were charged with doing. Not strange. But given that you've got a head full of 400 micro dots of LSD, very strange that you can actually do it. And, and you know, di disconnected, discombobulating for that reason. So I get these questions and and and, and I, I can I can. uh, uh yeah, again, the people who stuck through were really special. Keep in mind, though, that no matter how many stuck through, I was there at the beginning and I was there at the end. So I got my fingers on the pulse of America's or the world's because I had it was international. Do little secrets. And one of the things I noticed and one guy kicked a back up, kicked back a bunch of videos to me. And he's a pretty easygoing guy, pretty hard to offend and shake. And he was like, I can't do this Gonzo shit, man. Don't don't have me review Gonzo porn. You know, it, it, and I go, what are you talking about? I just, I grabbed, I had a whole trunk, like 400 porno DVDs in the trunk. I remember getting stopped by the cops at one point. And I said, well, my driver's license is in the trunk. And they're like, well, I need you to get it. And of course they think I got a gun in the trunk. I was like, oh, you got to, I got to go through this with these cops. So I got around to the trunk. I opened the trunk and it was like the scene from Pulp Fiction. Oh, you open the trunk and it was like glowing because it's one thing to have a few porno DVDs. 300 in the fucking trunk it was like covered the whole trunk and these cops automatically became like 14 year old boys again and they wanted to ask and then i also had some like weird shit in there like like so i don't i think i was taking some stuff to goodwill for my kids so I used to be like Johnny Porn Seed. I would go from house to house, all the reviewers, here's your box to review, here's your box to review. But the month would start with me like 300 porno things in the drum. And I was also taking some old toys of my kids to, to Goodwill. So not only did I have 300 porno tapes in the trunk, but I also had like old baby dolls. So this shit just looked fucking super sketch. But what are you going to say? That's not a crime, right? The cops were like, well, you got a crack in your windshield, but... Just get it fixed. And they so much wanted to ask, but what are you going to ask? This is it my private business? Whatever. I'm the dude with 300 pornos in this trunk. So I'd go to everybody's house and deliver them. The guy says, you got to come back. Take these. I don't I don't want them. And a gonzo. I was like, fuck. Okay, well, shit. Take it. I'll review them. And the way I would do the reviews, I would put the DVD into the computer. I'd play it, and I'd minimize the window. So it would play in the corner and while I'm typing and doing other stuff. And if it was good enough to get my attention... Then I would note, oh, this scene, and if not, I would just go back, and it was just a basic point. And I could go through a lot this way, you know. I mean, I couldn't do it when the kids were home, but I could go through quite a lot this way. Uh, not watching, half watching, perfect. It's like the care don't care preview, but for porno videos. Um, so he, I watched the ones that he's that he kicks back, but you realize I've been working for Hustler, 
I was working at Hustlers Erotic erotic video guide, Hustlers Busty Beauties. I've been sunk in this shit forever. Once you're in that world, this shit does it has one, it doesn't interest you at all, and two, it 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 has no effect. So you really have out in a lot of ways, I was the perfect guy to do it, right? It's like the clownfish and sea anemones. The poison didn't bother me. It didn't affect my life or my outlook at all. So I goes, what's the problem with these? You seem to be perfectly okay. He goes, listen, if these guys hate women so much, why don't they just go suck each other's cocks? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, these guys clearly are evidencing this hatred of women, this gonzo shit, you know, you know, under titles like, you know, he destroys her pussy. He wrecks her ass. He did it. Yeah, I go, yeah, the language is kind of weird. And I go, but do you ever think about, so we start having this very serious in-depth question about the nature of America's erotic fantasies, right? Or the world's erotic fantasies. And he was like saying, these were half men, abermenches, you know, half men who were somehow able to buoy their sense of their, 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 their crippled sense of self on the backs of women that they were mistreating. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. None of the women in those videos were kidnapped into doing the videos. So they were somewhat choosing to do these videos, I have to assume. I'm not saying that these were good videos. <laughs> it's like that Bukowski poem uh, <laughs> about he's met more more dogs with style than men with style. And the guy, you know, commits suicide. He's He got 36 rejections. He got dumped by four women. And he's like, but just to be clear, Bukowski says, Bukowski says, I'm not saying he was any good. I'm not saying this these videos were any good. But they were like like Lord Dunsany has a thing called a story where he says uh, uh, he uh, three infernal jokes and they, they're at a men's club and they're talking and they're all talking about the attributes. And one guy stands up and he goes, well, I've got an attribute that beats all yours. And he goes, what's that? They go, what's that? What's that? Speak up. And he says, to me, all women are equally unattractive which also means all women are equally attractive, which means you don't gain safe, uh, any, any, there's no benefit, all, Helena Troy doesn't exist in that scenario, right? So all of a sudden there's a puff of smoke, smell of sulfur, in the corner there's a guy who goes, I'll buy that from you. Of course, it's Satan, this, was, this would be a valuable thing for Satan to own, the ability to view, to, to level set all women. Like I said, at that point, there's no Helen of Troy. There's no Cinderella. You know, every woman is a 10 or every woman is a zero. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference. So in that sense, I mean, to me, I'm like, this, this is all fucking shit. Who cares? But it is. Like, no. So we have this in-depth discussion about the nature of erotic fantasies. He says it's half formed men. And I say that's not it at all. I say specific. I go I go di deeper. I go I go or in my mind, of course, deeper or I go around and into the heart of the argument, which is that. You know, this is a generation of kids. Like, for example, uh, um, when I grew up, my parents got divorced in 1967. There were no other parents getting divorced in 1967. I didn't know how know anybody else whose parents were divorced. Even the one TV show that was extant at that time, Courtship of Eddie's Father, uh, which is, amuses me every time, Brandon Cruz, who played Eddie Corbett on the show, like something on my page, just says something on my page. I'm like, oh shit, that's, that's the dude from the show. He used to watch your show, people. Let me tell you about my best friend. The mother had died in the show. So it was Bill Bixby, also known as the Hulk, in this instance, playing the single father. And that was it, right? Uh, my wife, she says, uh, well, she was born in 1983. She was like, yeah, well, you know, by that time, you know, 1983, not in her town, but, you know, plenty of people's parents had gotten divorced and so on. So uh, so if you come from the earlier generation, and these are the men 
I mean, contemporaries got this porn was being reviewed by guys who were in their 30s, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s. So these grew up with uh, um, and and I'm going to make the claim. I was making the claim that the divorce thing put us into a situation where we value authenticity above all else. One of the biggest curse words that you could utter in the, in the, if you were a part of a certain scene in the early 80s, the mid 80s, was to call somebody a poser, right? We are hung up on fucking authenticity like you didn't believe. It's like the whole old Hollywood adage of, of uh, you know, sincerity is everything. And once you can fake that, you got it made. We're hung up on it. We live it. I mean, the whole bit. Is right. Authenticity it drives us. I mean, one of the, the ex my stepfather was a journalist, right, for Newsday, Soho Weekly News, New York Post, and he took me to it. Boom! Take a drink, take a drink. The poster fell. There you go. <laughs> Epic poster fall. I'm I'm averaging one a show now, which is I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. Let's see. So he takes me to a Santeria event, right? I can't move. That's the thing. Can't move at all. No, I don't want you guys getting drunk during the show, so I'll fix it. So uh, he takes me to a Santeria event. And the Santeria event is like, you know, you know, Santeria is like Latino voodoo, right? And people are catching the spirit and they're falling on the floor and they're talking in tongues and screaming and shrieking, having to be held down and dragged out. And at the end of it, he looks. And now he doesn't know if this is an appropriate place for a 10-year-old to be. But he looks at me and goes, so well, what did you think of that? And I, I, we're driving home and I go, it's a fake. I was obsessed with a fake. Now, why this obsession with fake? Because all of a sudden, if, you're, if your parents are still together, the prospect that the nuclear family could be rent asunder because people felt like it causes you to examine, examine the underpinnings of what constitutes reality way sooner than you would under ordinary circumstances. And I say this to say one of the most interesting pieces of pornography that I viewed in this 15 year period where or 12 year period where we were running this porn review site was uh, an outtakes DVD. And in the outtakes DVD, um, people are goofing off on the set and one actor has a water pistol. And he's goofing off on the set and he squirts the water pistol in the face of his female star. Right. And she goes, ah, stop. She's like, ah, that was cold. That was a real fucking authentic moment, right? That was like real. And it, it, in that way, the reality of it made it suddenly to me, like I, I got the little screen up here. I'm paying attention. It was completely non-sexual, but it was so real. I found it fucking erotic, right? So, to, I mean, to... If you want to cut to what's er erotic, most people's erotic fantasies are threadbare and based on shit that's been force-fed to them by popular media. But in oh, okay, uh, somebody, uh, what, do you, what what's happening here? Can you, I'm guessing you can hear me. Nah, 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 bro. Hold on. Nah. Um. Okay, so everything's all right. Uh, some people sending questions. It's all right. It's all, it's all right. You can send the questions now. I'm not going to answer them for like another six minutes. So uh, so authenticity is a deal. So the, the, the squirt, that was real. So facial ejaculation videos where people, you know, as a derivation that those are real. So I start to think that, that porn has become a clearinghouse for people to embrace 
what's authentic, which right away rules out, say, lesbian porn. At one point, I think it was me who actually said I didn't like it, but why? Because because then you got two people faking it. <laughs> if it's heterosexual porn, then you know the woman might be faking it, but it's rare for me to see a faked male orgasm. <laughs> no, is it? Yeah, that's a load. That's a real load. It's it's authentic. And so the the sense was much like the water pistol. Um, much even though people were were voluntarily there, this gonzo shit during which you know people were presumably having sex that didn't actually always feel a hundred percent good, but was a hundred percent real, started to attract the eye. The fact that the most viewed stuff. I don't know if you've noticed this. If you Again, I'm still doing a sex column, so I have the occasion to do this. The most viewed, I know the statistic to be a, a true is what I'm saying. As, as a fact, the most viewed substrata of porn this day, these days is incest porn, specifically mother-son incest. Now, I've always had a thing for fucking older women, but I never had a sexual thing for my mother. Sorry. So what does it say about this generation of proud boys of these men in their 20s that 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 this is an enduring fantasy of theirs. Um, it says something, and, and it says something that doesn't fall under the purview of this show. I've talked about it a few shows back. I'm not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is our hunger for authenticity. Our hunger for authenticity. It drives everything. If uh, somebody sent me a clip about these guys who were doing a protest where they stick lasers up their butts, to protest uh, Trump uh, and his LGBTQ thing. And then they were talking about it and uh, pe there were people within the fence were arguing. It's like, okay, if we're gonna, it's a parade, we have to be sensitive to people who have anxiety issues, who maybe have autism, so it can't be too loud, even though it's a fucking parade. We can't have pictures of vulvas uh, because this uh, is upsetting to, you know, trans folks who, and it was just this, there's this, this fever pitch at the base root of it is, in my mind, what's authentic and what's not. Even if you don't realize that's the name of the game, that is the fucking name of the game. How do I know? Because I feel like shit right now as a result of what I watched this past weekend. Yeah, you didn't think it would get to MMA, did you? It did. Like I said before, MMA, both MMA and Nazism are, are Rosetta Stones for how we can understand the modern world. Nazism, because it's a root of corporate industrialized evil and, and uh, corporatist evil, and, and, and MMA, because, it, again, it's a repository for some of our secret hopes and fears, as well as our archetypes. Yeah, so taboo storylines are similar to Harlequin romance novels. Um, uh, but uh, okay, so we're about two minutes away from the question and answer session. But bro, you send like a lot of fucking clips here. I can't see, I can't really see the photos. It's taken a long time for them to download. That's non-conformist. Um, here's a question from from Billy Powell. Billy Powell, who I'm supposed to call. I'll call you today, Billy. How about that? Uh, but I don't want to be too late or be too too inebriate, and I got to call my sister first. But I, I'll call you on Skype afterward. Because of what you, you dedicated, but all right. So the question and answer thing, we could just start. We could just start now because I'm going to get into why this shit thing, this fucking past weekend, uh, 
like uh, Michael Corleone said to Carlo, but don't tell me you didn't have anything to do with it because it just insults my intelligence and makes me angry. I'm just not buying the other stuff, so don't 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 try to sell me. And I'm talking about uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, as well as Junior Dos Santos. And and it's it's a saving grace that I didn't do a care don't care for either of these shows, the Friday night show, or the Saturday night show, because I wouldn't have had any cares, really significant ones. And yet I found myself Saturday night sitting in front of the fucking TV at Sorrell's place. His father was there. I love his father. And he gave me a bunch of wine. And, and, then, and then his father left the room. And then Sorrell said, hey, you remember what I told you about uh, a drunk man? And what he told me specifically about a drunk man is the saying in Brazil is a drunk man's asshole belongs to the world. So he says, remember what I told you about a drunk man? And, I go, and he goes, and you're in a house full of Brazilians now. And I, I just take it easy on the wine. I just take it, but I did find myself in front of the TV. And what was interesting about watching the fight is he's got a link up where he's actually watching Brazilian TV. So all the commentating was done in Brazil and Portuguese, except I could hear Bruce Buffer in English and I could hear the fight interviews in English. Uh, maybe they had subtitles. I don't remember if they had subtitles in Portuguese, but uh, that that was the deal. So all the rest of the stuff I I know that. Uh, Cat, who I interviewed on the show, the British kid, Dan Hardy, I, I know I could hear his stuff, uh, but I don't know who was doing the commentating outside of him. So uh, there might have been big things that I missed, but I didn't miss the fights, the execrable fights. But okay, so uh, questions. Bill P's got a question. Were you like Holden Caulfield in your youth? Yeah, Holden Caulfield was a, was a, to a certain degree. Uh, uh, obsessed with phonies, and I've always been obsessed with phonies. I've always had a truing, like a dousing rod thing for phonies. And from a long time, my my uncle Sammy, I actually had an uncle Sammy, had a, uh, I think she's probably uh, most assuredly dead now. I had a girlfriend whose name was Luella. And Luella was a childless older woman. I don't know what that means anything, but she was a, hi, Jean, how are you? And I'd be like five. I was a wised up five year old. I'd be like, "You're fucking phony. Why are you she's so phony?" I never liked Luella because she was fucking phony. You know, I was. A, I didn't have any siblings till I was ten. So I grew up. My my compass setting is set for adults. Don't treat me like I'm a fucking kid. I was wise beyond my years. So yeah. So I was, a, I was obsessed with phonies, and uh, and still it 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 it, it remains. It, it it continues. It continues. Hated them. I hate the one guy said he's telling somebody I never felt as alienated. Uh, and he, the guy's name was Fred Burke. I don't care to tell you his name. He was a, a resident uh, assistant my freshman year of college because I never felt as alienated when I was around Eugene. That guy that was a fucking phony. I could see right through you, man. It doesn't take much in my mind to not be a phony. The people who I'm connected to in, on a long term basis are not fucking phonies. You could walk up to them at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, six o'clock, anytime. Wake them out of a deep sleep, and they'll give you the straight scoop 100% of the time. Why? Because I need that. I, if all of a sudden, the when you get a concussion, if you get a concussion, the worst part about getting a concussion, I couldn't go upstairs because the signals that were me measuring spatial relationships for me were misfiring in their messages to my muscles. So I'd see a stair, I know when the next stair is supposed to come after, I know it's supposed to move my leg, and I couldn't fucking do it. And that's some scary shit. 
imagine being around people who are phonies. It's like being stuck that like that way always. And it's horrible when you can see it. It's like you can see it. Like this doctor who says you take LSD before you die. I don't know if you've been in that state before. People, I remember being in San Diego and these girls kind of kind of come up and trying to be sexy with me. And I understood immediately what was happening. One, that they were trying to get sexy with me, but I could see beyond that. Like the, the Who song says, I could see for miles. I could see their nervousness. And I go, why would they be nervous? I go, well, I guess women don't usually approach guys. Maybe that's, but I'm not a serious threat to them in this state, certainly. You know? And then what, what, why the fucking sh- just come up to me and say hi? That's what I would do. What is it in San Diego? She goes to UC San Diego, and all of a sudden these chicks are like stupid. They just, you know, my buddy goes, why don't you talk to those chicks, those three girls who came out to you? I go, ah, oh, they were a little, they were nervous. And nervous people make me nervous. You know, it's rare. I talk to the most attractive woman at a party, just go up and say, hi, why? Because typically I was in that state of complete clarity and openness. I don't need to be phony. I'm just talking to you. If you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. Go somewhere else. So, uh, so yeah, I was like holding Caulfield in, in my youth and probably still today, uh, up to and including <laughs> like getting gut shot and staggering around. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Here's a question. What do you think about the belief that the more sexual partners a woman has, the more she degrades herself to the point that you can see it in their eyes and face? Nah, that's a societal construct. One of my favorite relationships I had was with a woman who had had close to 5,000 sexual partners. You know how she came up with that number? Well, because she worked all through college as a prostitute. Like you think of this, oh, college girl prostitutes. You think, oh, no, I met her after college, you know, and you realize how ridiculous it is. So you go, well, okay, who did you have sex with? She goes, a guy named John, 5,000 guys named John. And you realize, you know, that shit doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm happy about Me Too and Time's Up. It's like, it's a perception shift, you know. There's nothing inherently shameful about that unless you believe it to be so. Um, or in, in actual fact, unless you, and, and is it more shameful for her or the, the men that she's having sex with? Those guys are certainly not leaving those exchanges feeling any shame. They feel a sense of accomplishment. Why shouldn't that sense of accomplishment be shared? Another woman who, who I dated, she was like, ah, you know, I just told this guy that I'm with about how many people I've slept with. And he was kind of outraged. You know, she's in her 50s. Right? She slept with over 80 guys. We'd be like, oh, the guy was upset. Just because your numbers suck, you don't take it out on her. Don't, you don't, don't, don't take it out on her. Now, you know, if people are steeped in the church, the ruiner of good times everywhere, you might think, man, I slept with, you know, 30, 50 dudes. Yeah, I feel bad about myself. Well, then that's something else. I know a woman who slept with 60 guys. And I said, oh, well, let's take a, let's like Henry James at the end of every chapter would say, what did you learn? What did you learn? And she goes, the one who had 5,000, I said, did you learn anything? She goes, I, well, I did it because I wanted, I did, she came from a rich family, didn't need the money. I said, why'd you do it? She goes, I wanted to learn something about men. She was a girl's school, girl's schools her whole life. So learn something. I go, did you? And she said, I learned something about a certain type of man. And say, and the one who had 60 guys, I said, well, what did, what did you learn? Like Henry James, she goes, well, I don't know. I don't know if I learned anything. I go, how is that? She goes, I never had an orgasm. You fuck 60 dudes and you didn't get have a single orgasm. Nope. 
Jesus Christ, that's a bad return. And that reflects poorly on the men, not the men she slept with. Because, you know, with 60, that was a wide distribution of different types of guys. Fuck that. So uh, so the question was, what do you think about the belief that the more sexual partners a woman has, the more she degrades herself to the point that you can see it in their eyes and face? No, 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 I don't. Unless you're hanging around with church people who like, you know, the people who, you know, with the reformed prostitute thing. And then those, there's nothing worse. I'd rather people be at home, at home, alone in their skin than not. Okay. Gus versus Rumble shit, though, is hard to watch. It's not a question. Phonies being involved in sales. You've witnessed the best salesmen are fakest, narcissistic, all about maintaining a, maintaining a facade. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'm all right. Yeah, they have, he gives me the leadership traits with psychopathic traits, and they're often frequently the same. If that's part of your job description, phonies, I've never held my friends who are con men and criminals, I've never held it against them. I've never held it against them because that's the, it's like, you know, uh, uh, getting angry that you know you got beaten by a better poker play that's part of the game it's part of the game god's on the truth part of the game so um so let's get back on track here to uh so that which is my way of saying you've had 10 minutes of question and answer you asked you asked all the questions you're going to ask if you have to get them through me uh through twitter i don't see anything else so i'm going to move on to tie it together my point which was these this past weekends oh, okay here we got one more uh, Relates with bad lovers, Minutemen, please, uh, please themselves versus pleasing their lovers. Well, you know, that's not always, well, I, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> Some woman trying to explain to me, she goes, okay, this is what it's like to be a woman. Get all dressed up for the party, get the special shoes, special stockings, shave your legs, you get cleaned up, you get trimmed up, cleaned up, you get all fancied and gussied up, get your hair done, nails, lipstick, the whole face, the whole thing, you get your tickets. And you go to the show, and the show lasts 30 fucking seconds. Pretty soon you start to learn that this return makes no sense. You got one critic who loves it, but everybody else in the room is pretty unhappy because it was a 30-second show. That's a lot. All the rest of the stuff, people can gloss over. Right? And there's also this habit of the guys blowing his load. Hey, get that mouth working. Get it working because you wouldn't stand for a minute if it was you would you don't blow your load. How many sexual exchanges are you going to have where you don't blow your load and you're going to be like, oh, that was cool. That was cool. No, it wasn't cool. So these fights this past weekend up to, from Friday night, sorry, uh, from Friday night to uh, uh, I had some milk. Maybe that was it. Or no, cheese. I was eating cheese. Um, so the fights from Friday night and from Saturday night. Even though on last week's show, I know I said that shit about you can't you can't go. Uh, we're thinking micro, and the bald one has laid it out there for us, laid it out there for us, very specifically laid it out there for us, and said these shows are not for you. Okay, and all these Brazilian fighters on this Australian show, it was like by the time the fights ended, it was like six o'clock in the morning in Brazil. It's all right, Brazilians. It's Saturday night. We're probably out anyway. They were out anyway. So no, no, no biggie. But I, that idea, the, the, the key, the key to that idea, it, it sits under uh, under the aegis of, you know, you're thinking micro and going macro. We're thinking macro and going micro. In other words, we're trying to develop the Australian market. So we had a lot of Australian fighters. I know you don't give a shit about them. That's okay. 
trying to develop the Asia market. Macau is right there, big betting center. I know you don't, you don't, last week, you don't, Asian fighters, you don't care. That's okay. We're playing long ball. <laughs> so uh, you could get hung up on the, but they're not all for you. So I start to think that, that's fine. I'm okay with them not being on for me. You know what I'm not okay with? Fake, phony, jive-ass bullshit. And more specifically, I've got you texting me. People were like, you know, do your, do you know, split screen thing. Watch the Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury thing. So look, okay, I'm kind of agreeing with Wilder on this one. If I knock some guy down twice, I'm saying I won that fight. Split decision and that whole thing. And people say, ah, fucking Fury got robbed. I well, because it's because I, I tend to agree with Wilder because of the whole MMA thing. Because I know if I, I knock you down in MMA, I'm I'm on top of you and I'm ending that fight. In boxing, the guy gets the fucking standing eight count and then he, he's, oh, you okay to go ahead twice. Okay, I'm willing to say it should be a split decision if the other guy gets tuned up and gets knocked down twice. But Wilder said I give it to knockdowns to give a split decision. The cards, the, the, the scoring on the cards, super fucking stinky. And... And, of course, then there's a secondary line that anybody who's in the boxing doesn't want to own up to. And they're like, of course, of course, of course, of course, that's the way it has to go. Because now everybody is fucking hollering about a rematch. How authentic was it? Authentic enough for you to want to line up and drop some more money on a fucking rematch. You know what that's about? <laughs> that's about doubling the price and then offering a half-off sale. <laughs> You've done nothing. You haven't moved that needle at all. I'm going to sell you my phone for $1,000. Well, this month is $2,000. At the end of this month, 50% off. Oh, shit, I could get that phone for $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I actually pulled off a deal where I told this guy, I'm going to give you free. I'm going to give you 100, 100 CDs free. And all you got to pay me is wholesale. That's it. You laugh, the guy bought it. I'm going to get, because he couldn't get by, the, he couldn't get by the brain roasting aspect of free. Couldn't get beyond free. And I said, but the wholesale cost includes shipping and all that other stuff. So you don't have to pay extra. The guy never would have bought 100 CDs. No way. He wasn't even thinking about that. I got him to buy 100 for free. <laughs> I don't make fun of this guy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of him. He got good value for the money. So what you should have seen is this. Uh, 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 this is a 24-round fight. They just broke it up into segments so that you could pay again. So how inauthentic does that make this fight? Well, to measure how inauthentic that would have made this fight, you have to say, did Wild was Wilder was Wilder um, pulling his punches? Was Wilder and so, what the hell? There we go. Is Wilder somehow you know Fury with a somehow was it a work? I'm not saying it was a work. Ah, sorry. God damn it, what's happening? There we go. I'm not saying it was a work. I'm just saying, again, you don't, people were laughing at me. Some guys were laughing at me when I was talking about Nazi Germany 
And I was like, they were very super careful never to write down about the extirpation of Europe, European Jewry. He goes, oh, they never talked about it. I go, you don't have to talk about it. We're seeing that now with Michael Cohen. Trump didn't say to him, go out there and lie for me, but he understood implicitly and explicitly that he should not be telling the truth, especially when the boss just said things were, everything is gray. And he's like, well, I'm not, can't say everything's white. Dude just said everything is gray. I'm his lawyer. He goes, yep, everything is gray. We, it was understood. They have a speech that Himmler gave. I don't know if it was before or after Vonsi, uh, which decided to, at this point, there was no relocation to Madagascar. There was no relocation to Eastern territories. There was just fucking death camp. And he very clearly said in his SS speech that was recorded that you can find on YouTube. I found it on YouTube because I just listened to it. Where he says, uh, you know, we shall never talk about this again. And they certainly didn't commit any of it to writing. I mean, certain post facto, but the intent, no. And so one of you, uh, uh, JJ, let's just go, I don't know that he wants his name mentioned, sent me this piece about uh, uh, memorabilia, Nazi memorabilia, and somebody got in trouble for selling it. And like I've said before, the aggrieved parties, I completely and 100% defend their right to be outraged by this in e for eternity. At the same time, you can't remove the moral imperative away from people. And of course, a lot of the aggrieved parties uh, want, want this stuff maintained. The crux of the uh, of the dis of the disagreement seemed to be describing photographs of Hitler or other captured memorabilia from Nazi Germany as w magnificent or wonderful, which could have been connected to the state. You know, a lot of times if you buy stuff on eBay, used, they describe the state, good, very good. You know, they're talking about the quality of the thing being traded, not not the value, not the, 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 the philosophical or the, the, the substantive the, the value of it. In other words, to describe a photograph of, of Hitler for a World War II personal photograph taken from some SS guys thing of him with Hitler doesn't, does, and it describes it as magnificent. I think probably what they're talking about is beyond the quality of the photograph. So I think it's a poor word choice, purposeful per, poor word choice. But uh, I would also defend the idea to disc if you were a, a memorabilia trader and this was your thing, World War II memorabilia, I think to describe the condition as a good condition, fine, perfect, would be much more understood. The use of the word magnificent makes me question your interest. So it's a thing. The guy asked me, uh, JJ asked me, what do you think about this? I was like, well, you know, uh, uh, it, it, as a witness to history, I think all, of course, all this stuff should be maintained. An, enthousi an enthusiastic interest in it is something else entirely. You know, in other words, I'm okay with you owning it, not so okay with you, with you, um, like the Civil War reenactors, uh, exulting in it, embracing it, rolling in it, enjoying it like it's a fucking movie. This shit is not remote. There's still people walking around who have very direct connections to the misery that ensued there. And I understand that. I also understand letting letting 22-year-old Germans be 22-year-old Germans. But I think if you're going to be selling memorabilia, 
uh, you should, uh, you know, I've got friends who've got, you know, uh, blood and honor knives, bayonet knives, and all this shit's floating around. It's quite easy to get. Hitler stamps from World War II. Yeah, it's, it's a piece of history. In other words, I went to Germany, I went to Nuremberg and stood at the, at, at the place where Hitler stood at the parade grounds, which was useful. Like I told you, it made it to seem really shabby. It, it looks so great in Lenny. You know how great of a filmmaker Lenny Reifenstahl was when you get to the actual place. Does that make me a Nazi worshiper? No, just a witness to history. But I digress. These fights, you know, the stink coming off of the, the Wilder Fury fight was a kayfabe stink, was a work stink. Do I think either of these guys were, were pulling their punches? No. But do I think both of these guys were blind to the ramifications of being open to another rematch? Well, you know, it's like the guy, the generals in Vietnam. If we win this war, we got to go home. To where? No pussy land. You know, the sex that these generals were having in Vietnam was not like the sex they left behind in America. Not at all. Right? So. I, I, I don't know what I'm sorry what uh, I thought you got him back for oh Andy's got him yeah all right so it, it's not like the uh, it's not it's not like that at all right so um in other words I think Wilder and Fury knew it was in their best interest to get things to. So then it becomes an issue of personal pride. Right? This is not personal pride. I don't go to work every day on the basis of personal pride. I'm not there every day for, of course, the work that I do doesn't make me feel degraded, but I don't feel, feel especially prideful or proud about it. It's just a job, right? Career, maybe, whatever. I have certain good feelings connected to it. In other words, I've also had shitty jobs, painting houses and moving furniture, bouncing, didn't feel anything about those. So I feel slightly better, but pride. So let's get us into the mind of the fighter. 20 mil is different from 10 mil. 40 mil is different from 20 mil. 80 mil is different from 40 mil. Name of the game. I'm not saying these guys cooked it up. I'm not saying it was, but even the jungle knows this. Even the jungle should know this. So at the end of two hours and the buildup and the pageantry and all the seeing who the famous people are in the stands and the fight, you're left with what? I'm a guy at home alone on a Saturday night. Like he says, you're sitting at home on the couch screaming the fights on and I'm in the $10,000 seats watching Tyson. I can't remember. I think it's a Jay-Z song. Or maybe it's Diddy. So it's a plaything for the rich. Great. That's great. I feel empty. Like Johnny Rotten once said, ever feel like you've been robbed or cheated? I forget what the exact phrase was. And in regards to UFC Fight Night 142, which is what we just, uh, I'm not going to talk about Bellator. Sorry. Um, and what was the other one? It was UFC Fight Night 142 and the Ultimate Fighter 28 finale. It's like, come on, man, come on. 
you know, I, come on. I I just felt really fucking unhappy. Now, some might say Junior Dos Santos against Tuagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagag
he says to the, uh, Dan Hardy, he goes, you should really talk to him. They love him, whatever. Thank you. Greater glory of God. See you later. And he walks out. Genius. 100% genius. Total spatial awareness. And then he gets called out by a guy, you know, I mean, looking up. I love Justin Willis, but it seems like looking up, go, slow to roll on that right now. Slow to roll. He's in that phase where, like, uh, with Uriah Hall, where the bald one got angry with him and said, I need to see more production from you. Because well, I don't really want to hurt these guys. And you're in the wrong fucking business. I need to see a little more fucking angry teeth in your fucking bite. You want to high five a guy and low five a guy. I understand feeling respect for these guys, but they're trying to take your food. This is a fight game. So good move for Tui to call out uh, against a guy who's not going to challenge him on the ground. I'm hoping in his private time he's taking grappling seriously because he's going to fucking need it. Mauricio Hua uh, against Tyson Pedro. Yes, Pedro is a gicked, a guy I can't trust. And Hua, it was like, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, he's talking about when he gets the belt back. Misty, play Misty for me. But, you know, a lot of times I say you got to excuse immediate post-fight enthusiasm, but I guarantee you midweek, dude's still going to be rocking that stuff. He barely eked that out, and it's because the guy, like I, I lost a, a blue belt, no-gi world. I had taken a guy down, was past his guard, and and then suddenly the, all the strength went out of my left arm. I, I got, and I couldn't. I had to be helped off the fucking mat. And I look up to see the guy who beat me, fucking beat me, who I lost to cheering and jumping up and down. I was about to say, well, you're happy because God rewarded you by injuring me. You feel like you accomplished something. And I was going to start that. And then the guy took me over to meet his wife and had me sign his book. And I was like, "Uh, uh, ego bites and you got to go. Okay. So uh, who are uh shogun hoo-ha man in fact oh hold on i'm not sad i'm happy about what you said (laughs) because anthony smith fucked you up john jones fucked you up so talking about the belt man oh man of shevitz uh okay so um uh, just mark hunt loses not a single step Guy's a legend, even though it means something when people start describing you as a legend. You know that, right? You know that, don't you? Yeah, I think you do. Uh, um, and then everything else on the card. Yeah, yeah, I watched uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, Jake Matthews, end, and uh, Sadiq uh, Youssef. I liked, I liked the Nigerian cat. He, if I had cared about him earlier in the week, or if I had do- didn't care about him, I care about him now. And I guarantee you, I wouldn't have cared about him earlier on in the week. And so I do now. But it would have been a fight that I didn't give a fuck about. Anybody else on the card, I didn't care. I didn't care. Even Yushin Okami, that was terrible. That was a terrible fight. And probably if I had done a care, don't care preview, I would have picked Okami. Wilson, Wilson Heiss against Ben Wynn. Uh, you know what? That fight was a snoozer. And I, I think I got in... What I think I got in on that fight, so I didn't see the others, and nobody's texted me that I should see the others. Going back to uh, uh, the other fight, uh, Friday night's fight, the finale. Uh, hold on, let's see. Here we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 
I think I'm dying. Uh, let's see. Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, I got to find it. There we go. Yeah. And then my news feed pops up. Liddell Ortiz estimated at 40,000 pay-per-view vibes. Yeah, welcome to the jungle, baby. Um, let's see. Dos Santos, UFC fighting night. Bellator or not. Ultimate Fighter to remain part of UFC programming heading to ESPN era. Okay. Uh, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier rematch makes sense right now. Really? It, it, you think it does, huh? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so here we go. Uh, tough uh, 28 finale. So everybody's talking about Usman and uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Where does that place Dos Anjos? He's either deep Phantom Tollbooth, well, and I like the guy. And so let's just call, let's just say he's deep, deep Phantom Tollbooth. Let's just say that about about uh, uh, Rafael Do, uh, Dos Anjos. You know, in other words, he's had more better days behind him than he has better days in front of him in regards to his fighting future. Other sports beckon, like a nice cushy seat behind a microphone, my friend. Uh, but everything else on the card, I, I don't really care about, up to and including Joseph Benavides, who I used to like. I never would have cared about that fight. I never would have cared about that fight. And, and, and the Baldwin wants to see Usman fight Woodley? <laughs> How are you going to let the Golden Boy fucking lay fallow? Colby sits and can snipe at people? We want to see Colby fight so we can see his mouth shut up and him relegated to the high number, the, the Beetlejuice number in the Phantom Tollbooth where he fucking so rightfully, you know, uh, 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 should be. Deserves to be. Don't fucking hold it off by, you know, and and, and Usman. Nah, 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 nah. You just hate Woodley. That's what it is. If I was Woodley, I was like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you let Colby fight Usman, and then I'll fight the winner of that. Why? Because I'm the fucking champion. Well, you're ducking. Hey, hey, hey. I want to see some action out of my challengers. Guy's spending more time tweeting than he is training. Let's see some action. Now, the rest of that card, I don't give a shit about at all. Sorry. Tim Means, Ricky Rainey, I would have said this without, with extreme prejudice had I done the Care Don't Care preview this week. Uh, all of these others, uh, uh, Yulia Staranarenko, don't care, don't care. Uh, Maurice Green, Batista, don't care. Benavides, Alex Perez, still don't care. Glenn versus Aguiar, don't care. Uh, uh, Shevchenko, don't care, don't care, don't care. Darren Stewart, Shazabadeng, don't care, don't care. Uh, Brian Caraway sort of cared because I, because of the end that it came, that I hoped that would come, and it came. Brian Carey was beat. Why? Well, he's not with the, 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 the woman who keeps sending me bikini shots. So I don't care. Don't care. Justin Frazier, don't care. Don't care. And Dos Anjos and, and Usman, which was the, the main one. Uh, you know, Usman's fucking tough. Usman's tough. I probably would have called it for him over Dos Anjos. I don't know why they gave it to Dos Anjos, but I know Dos Anjos had to take it to stay relevant. Where it leaves him now, I do not know. Uh, ich weiß das nicht. A German for I don't know. So, but these fights, like, you know, like we've used the drug analogy to describe, describe, you know, what, man, without doing care, don't care earlier on in the week, without doing if I did it or if the shoes fit, I kind of, it was like a moment of clarity where suddenly you haven't been able to score and then you don't care about scoring. And underlying it all, suddenly when watching these fights, underlying it all 
because I wasn't exposed to the prequel because I was busy the whole week. Underlying it all was the idea that it smells. Charles, like Charles Manson saying, oh, but it smells. And what it smells like is the inauthentic. And then you remember it's sports entertainment. I've been watching this weekend. I saw three of the same fight. And that fight was designed for one reason and one reason only. Like my drummer says, he says, Apple exists for one reason and one reason only. I go, what's that? He goes, to sell computers. And I go, no, they got, he goes, that's their business. And that's their business model. Yes, but you know, they want to tie, sell computers, man. And not just one, millions of computers. As many computers as they can stand, that's how many they want to sell. That's it. That's the job. That's the job. That's the computer. Buy more. Buy 10. Buy 20. Anything that they tell you outside of that is fucking kayfabe. Wilder Fury 2, 3, 4, 5. It's like Rocky 3, 4, 5. How unsuccessful would your restaurant be if you only went to it once? It's repeat business. How much would you pay? I'll pay 20. How much would you pay? I'll pay 20. How many times would you pay 20? I'll pay 20, 40 times. Yeah. Would you pay 40, 20 times? Would you pay five? It's all a fucking numbers game. And like Descartes said, you can't get more fucking macro than numbers. Can't get more a priori than numbers. A priori. Numbers. So, you know, I just kind of find myself like Dana Carvey and the that Richard Pryor movie, Moving. It's like, man, I'm going to spend my life going backwards. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going forwards as he walks off muttering and mumbling into the future of perhaps nothingness. And that's where we find ourselves at the conclusion of a weekend of three fights that left you feeling empty and wanting. I say you because I'm being gracious because that's how they let, let me feel. Maybe it was that I didn't get the, the, the burst of, of getting over on the, on the wine bar by drinking water the whole time because I watched it at Sorrows. Maybe that was it. Don't know. But, you know, a few days off the drug and then back on the drug and it's like, man, this sucks, bro. And that's the problem because I'm not a true drug addict. There's some guys, there's some guys who like absolutely positively, absolutely, oops, oops, sorry. <laughs> absolutely positively, you know, they're like degenerate gamblers or uh, degenerate gamblers or, and they just can't, oh, well, take away gambling from these sports. And only people don't give a shit about college football. Who gives a shit about college football unless you play? I, you know, I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not a fair weather fan either. But what I'm big on is authenticity. Don't fake shit. Don't fake shit for me. Now, there's certain types of fakery I don't mind, right? Like women with mascara. I don't mind. I, you know, dudes with cologne. I wear cologne. Don't mind. Doesn't seem fake to me. It's called basic upkeep. That's what I expect from the fights, basic upkeep. But I don't expect fakery. And I don't like it, and I don't like the smell of it, and I, I start to feel like uh, you know a sneaking sensation you get when things don't seem quite right. Don't like it. Causes me to question the underpinning reality. Don't like it. 
I like to know that when I put my foot up to put down, that stair will be there. I don't have to figure out whether the signals from my brain to my muscles to my foot will be heated correctly. But I know I'm asking for too much because I've been waxing, watching boxing since, since the 60s. My grandfather's a big boxing fan. Since the 60s, since I was six years old, 1968. Never liked the phony. I don't have time for it. I absolutely don't have time for it. Movies, fine. They are as they are. Anyway, that's the end of the show. So in answer to the question, how sad could one weekend of fights make you? Very, very sad. Very, very, very sad. I don't feel good now. I don't feel good. I'm going to a poll event with the, with the wife. She's big in the. She's a gold gold medalist pole pole dancer as well as aerialist. Maybe some of you knew that. So we're going to a pole event. Actual fact: last night somebody was saying, "Well, where is she? Where? How come she didn't go with to watch the fights with Sorrells?" I said, "Well, she's a photographer. She's taking photographs at the house. She's taking photographs of ah. She's got a uh, some pole women over and you know some." couple of them are strippers and they take some photos and, you know, want some sexy photos and stuff. And they're like, uh, and you're at Sorrell's. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm at Sorrell's watching the fights. And they're like, gay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just going to get in the way. I don't just see how they're going to end up. Come on, I'd rather see the fights. Yeah, well, there are probably better places I could have been. And that's not how I want the old lover MMA to treat me. And that's the way I was, you were, we were treated. Anyway, show is done. This is V4242, version 42 of uh, the Eugene Robinson Show Stomper. Thanks for listening. Go back to the beginning for all the shit I said at Eugene S. Robinson for Twitter, Mr. Sleep 3, the number. Um, if you can take it in 20 minutes, I'm going to do Care Don't Care preview. Uh, it's just audio, so it's on SoundCloud. I don't know how to get to it. Sorry, can't help. I think uh, I think Steph is going to send out the tweet, so it'll be a tweet if you're connected somehow to it, and I think it'll be me and John Nash. I'd really be the last to know. Otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you Tuesday. I'm guessing I'm back. I'm no longer exiled. I guess I'm guessing I'm back on Tuesday for if I did it, if the shoes fit. Uh, uh, stay tuned. The only way that you're going to find out about the uh, Aussie Confidential is if you're connected to me through via Facebook, which is impossible because I got 5,000 there. Or you can go to Ozzy Facebook page, which uh, you can load up on, or uh, sign up, uh, connect, follow me on Twitter, and I'll, I'll put a link to it up there. Otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. And as usual, look what you made me do! Uh!